0: With eyes unclouded by hate. Does not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? Hello everyone, my name is Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset. And today we are continuing our study of the Apostles' Creed. I apologize if my voice is a little gravelly and nasally. I have a cold. So I'm going to work my way through this as best as possible. Today we are going to be talking about the next two lines ascended into heaven from whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead if you are unaware of why we're going through this deep dive into the apostles creed i I highly recommend that you go back to the beginning of the series and just take a listen it blew my mind and yeah we're doing this So what does it mean when we say that Jesus ascended into heaven? Well, we begin with the plain reading of the text where we see Jesus, his mother, and his disciples gathered in Jerusalem, and he gives his farewell address and literally goes up into the air and then disappears into the clouds. That's the literal story. A lot of people have taken that as exactly the way that we should interpret this, and all manner of crazy thoughts and theories have come up over the years. Um, One of my favorites is that, you know, I, I once heard someone do calculations that if Jesus then began to travel at the speed of light, exactly how far from the planet earth he would be right now. And that's a very unhelpful way to view this. That's not what we're talking about. Heaven, earth, these are not, heaven is not a physical location. Jesus himself told us that we are to, in everything that we do, seek out the kingdom of heaven. Seek out the kingdom and God's righteousness. And he told us exactly where it is. Look, they will not say, look, there it is, or lo, here it is. For the kingdom of heaven is spread out upon the earth, and people don't see it. In another passage, Jesus tells us the kingdom of heaven is within you, and it doesn't do anyone any good then when Jesus ascends into heaven to do calculations as far for trying to determine how far up he ended up traveling. It really doesn't help. Because that's not what we're talking about. The kingdom of heaven is within us. The kingdom of heaven is spread out amongst us, and people don't see it. The kingdom of heaven is so many things, and we could spend an entire series on this topic, and I kind of want to do that at some point, because Jesus gave a lot of um, parables to try to help us understand what the kingdom is. The kingdom of heaven is not somewhere far out there. It's not in the clouds. Jesus himself wasn't teaching a three-tiered universe with hell below, earth in the middle, and heaven above. If he were, he wouldn't tell us that heaven was here. The kingdom of heaven is among you, Jesus says. So if the kingdom of heaven is among us but we don't see it. We could now go into all manner of metaphysical and spiritual rigmarole and talk about, oh, it's an unseen dimension and all of that. And that can be fun to discuss. But as you know, if you've been listening to me long enough, In the end, that's not fruitful. That doesn't help us in any way in determining what this means for us today. After all, if Jesus ascended to heaven 2,000 years ago is to matter now, it must have some effect on us now. Or it's just an interesting historical side note, and not worthy, really, of mentioning in the Creed. This is the methodology we've used so far, and it serves us well here. So let's start at the basics. We've talked about the, ba- the interconnectivity that binds us all together, that no one is a separate self, and that everything is a continuity of actions. No, no one is the same person from moment to moment things change, whether it be cells in your body, opinions in your mind, or just the energy flowing through you. Things change. The idea of a permanent self, the idea of anything being permanent, is kind of problematic in the universe that we live in. So Jesus ascends into heaven and the kingdom of heaven is amongst us, and nothing is permanent, but we're all interconnected. So what does that mean? Well, basically, I'm trying to be as simple as I can here because I feel like we're still in our 101 episodes, especially when discussing the creed. We need to try to keep things as simple as possible. The basic nature of all things is interdependence. Nothing comes into being separate from anything else. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he reentered the universe as it is. Paul gives us a very beautiful explanation of this later when he says that he is the one who holds the universe together, that he created and sustained the universe and is the one that holds the universe together. So he is here. He is the Basic interconnectivity between us. He is found, as Jesus himself said, where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I also in the midst of them. He is that basic compassion, that basic goodness that exists in the universe. He is that unity, he is that web that holds us all together. And we find him when we enter the kingdom through prayer, through unity with our fellow believers, and we discover the world as it is. The basic nature of the world is one of joy. It is a a world that is connected one with another. Everything exists in this constant state of inner being. This is One of the most important things we learn through basic meditation. We sit, we close our eyes, we count our breaths. We wait on the Lord. And as we sit, everything falls away. All of the edifices that we've built up around us slide away one by one. As we learn to reign in our mind and see that those are disturbances in the pool, And we go back to our basic nature, where everything is calm. We discover a joy, a peace. Remember Christ said, my peace I leave with you, but not as the world gives. Why not as the world gives? Because the world distracts us from our basic nature. We have things to do. We have people to see. We have events to take part in. And through all of that work and all of that labor under the sun, we get distracted. We forget, you know, vanity of vanities, all is vanity, just as chasing after the wind. Emptiness of emptiness, all is emptiness, just like chasing after the wind. This is the basic teaching of the book of Ecclesiastes, the basic wisdom that we find in all of the teachers in scripture. Everything is, in and of itself, empty. It is devoid of separate self. It finds meaning in its interrelation with others. It finds meaning in its interaction with others. This is why the scripture tells us that God is not a respecter of persons. This is why we get really lost and confused in our daily lives. We expect... Because we view things through our eyes and through our mind, that we are the center of the universe, that we are the heart of the universe, and that everything then relates to us and through us, that we somehow mitigate or determine our own reality. And we can have a long talk about that at some point the basic nature of how we actually perceive the world actually shows us that we do create our own reality. We live in essentially a constant hallucination. Our senses take in data and our brain manifests what we perceive as the world. That doesn't mean that there's not things out there, that there aren't other people out there. It's just what we are seeing is interpreted by so many things. As somebody who suffers from depression, I can see this very clearly. When I'm having issues, when I'm having a blue day, the world doesn't seem as bright. The colors don't seem as vibrant. Things look differently. And that's because my perception of the world has changed. The world itself hasn't. Only my perception of it has And because I experience the world through my perceptions, then it seems different to me. This is why it's important for us to remember that Jesus ascended into heaven. Heaven is that real state, that nature that actually exists. Everything is energy. Everything is in constant flux. If you really think about what we are, what well, we like to think of ourselves as matter, we're, we're just energy moving at a certain speed and at a certain vibration. What we see as separate self, what we see as separation, when I lift up my eyes and see distance between me and the microphone and the microphone and the computer and the computer and the wall, that space isn't empty. It's full. And if I move my hand about, I can feel the air there. It's just so spread out, I don't see it. That's what heaven is. Heaven is spread out all over the world through everything. Sometimes we get little glimpses of it. Profoundly in meditation, when we experience that joy, that peaceful state that we enter when we're fully mindful, that is a taste of heaven. And that's where Jesus is. Jesus is in the pure land now. He is in the place where all of these filters through which we perceive the world are gone. He is in our hearts. He is in the very realm where compassion is real, where interconnectedness is real and vibrant and living. He is beyond our simple senses and so here we are trying to see this world this is why meditation and prayer are so vital to our spiritual practice to remind ourselves of the true nature of all things if you've never meditated i highly recommend that you do After the break, I'll explain a very simple meditation that you can do to help you feel what I'm talking about and sense what I'm talking about, this true nature of the world. But that's where Jesus is. Jesus ascended into our heart, into our interconnectedness, into the flow of energy between all of us that connects us and gives us life. We'll pick this up after the break. And we're back. So what does it mean then that Jesus has ascended to the right hand of the Father from whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead? Well, again, like with everything, we can go to a very literalistic reading of this. According to the book of Revelation, things are going to happen. And that's about all I'm going to (laughs) say. Because it's a very metaphorical text and everyone likes to read into it their personal views, their personal politics, their personal sense of history, no one can really say what it's about. One of my favorite books is called The Lamb's," um, "The Supper of the Lamb, and it, it shows beautifully that the entire book of Revelation is what is spiritually happening during the Mass. It's a beautiful book. Is that a definitive reading? I don't think there is a definitive reading of a text like that. But more importantly, what does this mean? He ascended to the right hand of the Father from whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. See, a lot of Christian groups really get fixated on that word judge because, oh, it feels so good to judge people, to see others as others, and to point out the things about them that we don't like. It makes us feel superior and we're not supposed to be doing that. Jesus has been very clear, judge not lest you be judged, for you shall be judged by the same measure wherewith you yourself measure. Yeah, we're not supposed to be judging others. If you ever meet somebody who is a, claims to be a Christian who is judgmental, ooh, be very careful around them. You might want to ask them to reread the Sermon on the Mount, reread the book of Matthew, It'll help you. Jesus is very clear. We're not supposed to be judging others. That's not our job. That's not our purpose. What is our purpose? Our purpose is to enact the gospel, to bring sight to the blind, deaf to the, I'm sorry, hearing to the deaf, recovery to the sick, freedom to the, those in bondage, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the gospel that Jesus taught. This is what he was here to do. And we're to do what he did and more so. So it is our job, like I try to do on this podcast every day to remove the scales from our eyes. And I say our because oftentimes in doing this, I say something that makes even me go, huh, I hadn't thought about it that way. We're both here to learn. That's the point. We're trying to listen to the voice of wisdom. I am not the voice of wisdom. I'm just desperately seeking it and sharing my journey with you. So we try to get the scales to fall from our eyes. We don't want to be those that Jesus says repeatedly, their eyes do not see and their ears do not hear. No, we want to have eyes to see and ears to hear. We want to be those people. We want to see things as they are. We want to bring freedom to those in bondage. And that's all kinds of bondage. Be that bondage to loneliness, bondage to depression, bondage to a political ideology, anything that holds us or chains us. If you ever think of something... And realize you can't live without it. That's bondage. And that's something that we're here to set people free from. And that's really how God judges the world. Now, I'm not going to talk about whether or not there will be an end of days when the sky will be rent in two and the Mount of Olives will split. And... A white throne will be set up and everyone will be brought before the Lord to be judged. In my heart, I think that that happens when we die. But that's my speculation, and we're here to listen to the voice of wisdom, to seek out the voice of wisdom and not my rank speculation. So I'm not even going to go into that, because that's all that it would be. Depending on which passage of the Bible you want to pull out of its context, we can make that point at any point in history. I would say that God is already judging the world, judging the living and the dead. We see it all the time. We see it in the prophets who, you know, cried out aloud against the sacrifices in the temples. God does not want your sacrifice of flesh and blood He wants your love. What does God expect of you, O mortal, but that you love justice? You love kindness. Seek to do justice. Let's try that again. What does God expect of you, O mortal, but that you love kindness, do justice, and walk humbly before your God? That's what's required of us. And that's how God judges the world. We see it in the works of Dr. King when he spoke with an unearthly authority about the denigration of his people and with it all of those in the United States. We didn't fully listen and we didn't fully implement and we haven't fully healed yet. And his words resonate now as well as they did back then, in some ways even more so because The discrimination and the racism has become in some ways more hidden and more insidious. But when we listen to a great prophet of God like him, we see how God judges the world. Are you not fully living in compassion? Are you not fully accepting your sisters and brothers? Have you forgotten the golden rule? What of the silver rule? Do you love others? Jesus said there are only two commandments, that we love God with all our heart, mind, and spirit, and that we love our neighbor as ourselves. He gave us the golden rule that we are to follow, to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. And that partners well with the silver rule that we do not do unto others, that which we would not want them to do to us. And in all of this, we learn how to live in this world. And this is how judgment comes. How do you want to be treated Well, then treat each other well and stand up for those who are not. We are here to bring freedom to the captive, sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, relief to the suffering. That's our purpose. That's how God judges the world. That's how Christ judges the world. We are his body. We are here to finish his work. We are here to restore all things to God. What does that mean that all things are then done in justice? See, people get confused and think, okay, so everybody has to believe the way that I believe. No. When Jesus and his disciples ran into other people who were teaching, the apostle said, let us go to them and tell them to stop because they're not from us. And Jesus said, they're from my other flock, leave them alone. They are my other sheep. That's what we miss. We're not here to all be the same. If a body has three hands, what good are they if it can't use them, right? This is why the analogy is used of the body. that Some are hands, some are feet, some are eyes. Some are mouths. Some are skin holding everything together and protecting the rest. Some are lungs that breathe in and breathe out and cleanse and purify and bring strength to the world. These are all things that we have to do. This is how the world is judged. Not In a snide way where we condemn and hold our nose up and go, oh, look how superior we are. We are greater than the rest of these, for we are like the most holy. No, that's, no, that's how the devil talks. I will ascend upon the mount of God. I shall be most like, I shall be like the most high. Those are the words of the devil shortly before he fell. Mm, No, that's not the way we are to be at all. We are to live as our Lord Jesus lived, helping others, healing others, bringing the truth to others, helping them see the world as it is. Not as we want it to be. Not in ways that make us feel superior, not in ways that put others down. And definitely not in ways that are judgmental, harmful, hateful. Those are poisons that infect the body and destroy the spirit. They're evils of the mind, and we must get rid of them. So I promised I would share with you a brief meditation technique. And I've done this on the show several times. It's very simple. Find a place where you can sit and be comfortable Start with a couple deep breaths, and after you've relaxed a little bit, when you take in your final deep breath, as you exhale, close your eyes. Now let your breathing, go back to normal, however you want to breathe, but count the breaths. Every time you breathe in, that's one. When you breathe out, that's two. Do that up to a count of ten, and then start again. And just sit there doing that. You can do it for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15, 30, however long you feel like doing it. But as long as you keep your mind on your breath, and anytime you notice that you get distracted, and you will get distracted, thoughts will come to your mind and you'll run away, you'll hear a sound, you'll feel an itch that you just can't help but scratch. That's okay. Realize, oh, I got distracted. And then continue counting. Go back to where you were and keep going. You will break through all of the things that are holding you back, all of the clutter that's in your mind. Eventually you will see the calmness below. You'll enter the peace of God and there you can find so much joy and insight. So I recommend that you try it if you haven't. And if you haven't in a while, maybe try it again. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this show. I really do. I love doing this, and I only get to do this because of your support. What does that mean? That means if you're listening to me, in an app that lets you rate either this episode or this podcast, please do that. That tells the algorithms that they should share me with other people, and that really does help a lot. I would like to get this message to as many people as possible, not out of ego that I want them to hear my voice and my opinions, but this is how we discern the spirit. We say what we believe, and we listen carefully for the response. So the more people that hear me and the more responses I get, the more discernment I can do. It helps me out a lot. If you know anybody that you think would like these episodes or be able to benefit from them, please share with them. You can share me on social media. That would also help a lot. If you got a few bucks that you can throw my way, depending on the app that you're in, you'll either see a button that says support. Or in the show notes, you'll see a button that says support on Anchor. If you click that, that'll take you to my support page. There, you can donate at the one dollar, five dollar, or ten dollar a month levels. That really does help me out a lot. I am a writer; it's what I do full time. I also do a couple other podcasts, and it helps me to set aside time to do this. You know, any support that I can get, but that money goes to me, you know, to help me do these things because I'm going to need to get a new microphone soon and some new software and. You know, those things aren't cheap. If you don't have any money, that's fine. Please pray for me. <laughs> pray. I need your prayers. You have no idea how much that actually does help. If you want to contact me on Twitter, I'm WisdomCriesOut. It's probably the best place to find me. You can find links to everything over at WisdomsCry.com. Until next time. May the Lord bless you and keep you, ever growing in wisdom. Amen.